You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, I'm still out traveling in Texas now, uh, but normally from Arizona. With me always are my good friends, Gay from the hills of Texas. And Shannon G in Mesa AZ, but actually in West Phoenix right now. There you go. All right. <laughs> he's, he's trying well, to run some errands. I think he's getting ready to head out on a trip. I'm on the road. Jay's the only one that's actually really where he's supposed to be. And uh, the good news is I think I'm going to be in his neck of the woods uh, shortly, at least coming up in a few days, and hopefully we'll get to go out and do some flying and, and that kind of thing. But uh, other than that, I have been on the road. But, Jay, you've been lucky enough to go out and actually do some flying. Yeah, between uh, myself and Jim, we've kind of had a free schedule, so we've met up once or twice and went flying. And I think uh, last week or uh, last podcast or so, uh, I was talking about Jim. Uh, we maidened his Southwick camel, um, yep. which turned out to be a good thing, and it was uh, it, it turned out very well. Um, even though it was exciting maiden, um, and th- and so this time we went out and we maidened it again. And this time it was under a, a little bit more controlled environment, and it went very well. <laughs> yeah. Now this is a gas airplane too, though, right? This is a gas airplane. So, uh, like I said, uh, Jim came to the uh, realization that nitro fuel has like gone stupid. Uh, for picking up some nitro. So what used to be $30 a gallon, you know, $25, $30 a gallon now is, you know, well over, you know, double that. Uh, yeah, I think it's $66. I know he yeah. was saying, yeah, that, I, I know he was saying by the time, like, if you go ahead and order a gallon, which if you're going to order it, you have to do it, I think, like in three gallons, and therefore you have to pay this hazmat fee plus the shipping fee plus you know some other crazy hazmat something tax whatever on top of that um to have it shipped to your house um which just jacks the price up to be you know into the ridiculous zone so you know it's cheaper just to go on gas that you pick up down at the you know around the corner at the uh happy mart so that's what he's he's doing with this fleet of nitro planes he's he's basically exchanging the engines from nitro to gas so that's what he's you know he's slowly doing and so he basically did two planes one was a stick that he has i want to say it's like a 90 you know nitro 90 ish uh stick you know it's fairly big and then um like a big stick small 40 yeah big stick Uh, and then he had a uh uh then he has a um like a 46 uh, size plane, uh, meaning 46 as, you know, the size of the wingspan, uh, usually takes, you know, I want to say like a 40, a, a glow 40, um, to 60 and he, you know, in it. And so he basically was able to get like a nine CC, 10 CC gas motor to go in for that. And that's what he, we've been flying the dolphin, uh, for several, several days now, you know, for you know weeks or a month now. Um, right. so he's been trying to help me out to get used to flying gas because I have 
uh, two models that uh, are, you know, that are set up for gas. And uh, I have no experience, very low experience, you know, maintaining them, fueling them up, you know, knowing what to do to go through the sequence of that. So Jim's been gracious enough to, when we get out there, he's like, you know, <laughs> actually, I, I, I think it works out for him because he's like, hey, man, uh, fuel a plane up. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I run over there, you know, with my, my little uh, outfit, you know, and I run over there and I gas this plane, I gas the plane up and, and, uh, and he's like, okay, you know, let's go ahead and start it. Hey, warm the engine up. Okay. You know, so I go through the whole thing. I get started warming it up. Um, so it, it it's man. mutually beneficial for him and I. So when things don't go right, then he steps in, corrects some stupid mistake that I did. But I, I do have a follow-up to the Southwick Camel story. You know, as you know, we uh, he took it off, was maidening it, uh, was coming in a couple of landings. <laughs> I like I like the engine sound. Came in for a couple of landings, <laughs> and then the uh, – oh, <laughs> that was you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his, so uh, he was coming in for a landing. The wind kicked up, kind of kind of got threw him off, off key. The plane was kind of going around. I had to reach in and, and help him out. Um, it turned out that, um, as with all things – like with, you know, I used to do uh, accidents and, uh, you know, prevention of accidents and stuff and investigations. And as, as for most accidents or mishaps, as we call them in the Air Force, for mishaps that, that happen, it's never one thing. It's always a series of events that happen that put you in, that put, that either make the mishap happen or put you in a situ- situation that you can, that causes the mishap. And as it turned out, you know, we were thinking, oh, it was just the wind that, that kicked in there, you know, maybe a little weight and balance issue, um, and, and, and that was it. But as it turns out, Jim got home later that evening or the next day. He decided to take the wings off and just go through the plane to check it out, um, you know, to take a look at it. Because it, it had been making a, a funny sound. And I guess that funny sound was the clunk rattling around in the gas can. I mean, the gas tank, not the gas can, the gas tank. So uh, he goes and, you know, he takes the thing apart, and he was thinking that it was either stuck. Uh, it was stuck in a corner or folded in on itself or something. And so he, he takes it apart, takes a, you know, finally gets to flashlight in there, and he's looking, and, and he's like, huh, that's funny. The, the clunk's, you know, he's moving the, the plane around. The clunk's moving like it should. But he's like, yeah, that's kind of, it's, it's still not rolling around in there right. And as he's looking, he notices that there's no, there's no tubing that goes from the front of the, of the tank to the clunk. The clunk's just rolling around in there like it should be, but there's no gas tube connecting the two. So he goes, he goes, yeah, Jay, it was a good thing that when you were flying that, when you took over control, that you didn't go to try to climb. Like you weren't trying to climb the plane like at 45 degrees or trying to gain altitude. Or that you did any acrobatics or you rolled the plane or you did, you just kind of flew it around in a pattern and, you know, attempted to, to land it. If you had you, you know, done any acrobatics whatsoever, or even done a, a, a semi-steep climb, the plane would have, you know, the engine would have died or quit on you. And I was like, oh, man, that, that would not have been good. I said, so it was, you know, we were lucky that the, we had fueled the plane fully. And that it was sucking it straight out of the brass, you know, connection, you know, so the fuel was coming through there. And that, you know, basically we couldn't have, I couldn't have, you know, in my mind, that's like, you can't get over 15, you know, uh, 
a 15 degree incline in my head, you know, to stop that thing from sucking fuel. But right, right. like you said, had I been doing something where I was pulling 30, 30 to 35 to 45, you know, degrees of bank, you know, you might've been in having some troubles. So luckily I had just kept the plane straight and level uh, enough to land it. And I was trying to, you know, make the plane descend the whole time or at least maintain or descend. So I was at least in that positive, um, incline for suckage if that's such a word or adjective where, wow. where all the gas yeah. all the gases in the front yeah getting sucked out the front yeah exactly that's incredible that's incredible was, was the tubing was the yeah. tubing gone or just loose there was no, no tubing it was, at all it, like, it, 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 it oh, totally it disintegrated okay. it, it it was in the ether wow <laughs> it was not there so it turned to a you put a the wrong new, kind of tubing in I don't know if it was the wrong tubing or, like I said, he he hadn't flown the plane in like six or eight years. So, oh, okay. so, so I explain it. I I will tell you though, not only that, but um, there is different tubing for nitro and gas. Yeah, there's two different mm-hmm. types, and if you use the nitro tubing and gas, you can dissolve it. Yeah, well, that might have happened. It might have came it, with the tank. It might have came with the plane. Or it might have been one that he had and just stuck in there thinking he'd replace it later. You know, but yeah. he didn't have a problem with it for that year or two that he was flying it. And then you forget about it after four years sitting in the closet or, you know, in the garage. <laughs> and then slowly just decays. So, yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he, when he looks like, like you said, he was like looking at her, he's like, yeah. And I just noticed the clunk was, there was nothing attached to it. And so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, um, this all kind of continues on with the story for, for this time we, he came back out to re-remaiden it again. This time he had gone through the plane from head to toe, made sure he tightened up everything, had replaced the, the if you guys remember the front landing gear, there was something squirrely with it. He had fixed mm-hmm. the front landing gear again and um, made sure everything was tight, added some glue where he thought some things were loose. Uh, he got a brand new tank, replaced the tank, um, but, uh, instead of getting the exact same tank or replacing the tubing, like I said, he bought a new tank, um, one that was, you know, gas, I'm making air quotes. You may not be able to see it was a gas equivalent tank. Um, you know, the fittings were in a couple of different places. Cause they're, if you look towards what the old, how they used to have them to how they have the tanks. Now they have, uh, the three, you know, three fittings, two at the top. Um, you know, one with the, the release, um, you know, valve release, not air valve vent. release, uh, yeah, the vent, pressure air the relief, vent. uh, vent. So, um, anyway, so he switched to a new tank and he had gotten a bigger tank that held two more ounces. So, uh, we got out to the field, uh, early in the morning for us. So we were out there at like eight o'clock it was perfect. The wind, there was no wind. The sun hadn't really crested over the the hills of Texas, so we're you know sitting in our little valley, um, protected, nothing going on. Set up all the equipment. Um, Jim thought he was gonna tune the uh, once again get back to to tuning the carburetor, but he had bought he bought his tack along, and uh, after he tacked it, it was just running beautifully. So what we had done last time was perfect, and uh, so the engine's running well. Um, Jim's like, okay, well, let's go, you know? And so he, he decided, you know, he was going to go ahead and maiden it, and he takes the plane off. So the plane takes off, and um, the next thing, it has no problem taking off, 
It's flying scale for once again. That's one of those things with watching such a large aircraft take off, and then so in my mind, you're you're thinking, man, that thing is it's just putting along, you know, it's just put 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 putting along, you know. So I'm like, it doesn't sound like the motor's struggling, you know, but the plane's not going nowhere, right? You know, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, is that an optical illusion just because the plane's big and it's flying okay? So it's it's flying along and it's and it's, so it just starts climbing. And I'm like, well, it's climbing out pretty good. So that, you know, that's climbing is good. So that's always a good thing. So anyway, he's climbing. And then I'm like to the point where I go, hey, Jim, you better, you know, push the nose down or whatever. So he pushes the nose down. And the next thing he's like, and I'm like, do you need anything? And he's and he's like, yeah, I, I need some down. So I give him like two or three clicks down. I go, is that enough? And he's like, no, no, I need a lot more down. And I'm like, really? Dude, because when I flew it, you know, I had trimmed it out for that windy day, but it, it trimmed right out. And so the only changes we've made from the plane have been, you know, him putting in a new gas tank and that's been about it. So I'm really kind of confused as to why now all of a sudden it, it wants to climb. So, uh, it's still climbing. And so Jim, uh, we're flying around and, you know, Jim's having, you know, no problems or anything, but he's like, man, this plane is still climbing and I don't know why it's still climbing and I'm, and I'm still putting down in it. Right. So he goes, Hey, do you want to take over? And I go, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll take over. So I, I, I grab the, I grab the sticks and I start flying it. And he's like, you go, see what I mean? And I go, yeah. I mean, the minute, the second I release the sticks, it definitely wants to climb very, very bad. Not, you know, super bad. Cause I've been clicking on a little bit. I go, but it's definitely wanting to climb. And I'm, and I'm like easing the throttle down more, 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 more. And now I have it at idle throttle and we're still climbing. And, and so once again, <laughs> you know, Jim's idle. putting in a couple of clicks. Yeah. So he's putting in a few more clicks, a few more clicks, a few more clicks. I'm like more, 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 more. And then finally I get it to where the plane flies semi level. Right. So now I increase the throttle a little bit. Now it starts, it starts climbing again. So you know, now by this time, I've kind of figured out on his radio where the uh, where the throttle trim is, and I kind of take over, put a few more clicks in, and uh, so the plane feels okay to me now as we're flying. So I'm just flying around again, just doing a, a simple pattern, and I'm just feeling the plane out and letting go of the sticks, and I'm like, hey, so this is what it's doing. And he's like, oh, that looks pretty good, and I'm like, yeah, it's it seems to be flying fine now. So, but the thing is, we've put in a boatload of down clicks. Right. So I go, OK, well, I'm I'm going to bring it down now. But now it's like, you know, 50 <laughs> mistakes high. So I'm like, OK, <laughs> let me let me bring it down. Right. So once again, I go to idle throttle and the plane's just maintaining or climbing ever so slightly. And I'm like, oh, this this isn't good. So I kind of push the nose down and finally I get it down to um, landing into the landing pattern. Right. So now I'm 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 just maintaining my my altitude but i'm at idle throttle so i i set it up i line up for the for the runway and the plane by this time now the plane is now shifted from barely put 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 putting along to now it's zoom down down the runway and i'm like (laughs) okay that was a little fast for i have it at idle power and it's just zooming just zooming past and so i i kind of say to my friend jim i go jim i need less throttle so can you put a little less throttle in there for me so he's like okay so he puts in a couple of clicks. He goes, that that should slow it down enough for you. Zoom, you know, like um, uh, <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, you know, going, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> driving out. by. So he, so he's like, oh, oh no, you know, and I'm like, that. he goes, wow, that's still pretty fast. And I go, yeah, yeah, you, you need to slow it down a lot more than that for me, right? So finally he's like, click, 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 you know, numerous clicks. And then finally he's like, yeah, it's still not slowing down, is it? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you got it out of throttle. And I go, yes. He's like, huh. So I start you know, hearing the button get into the lower octave. <laughs> and then finally, we get uh, some control, you know, some control over the throttle. Now, the only other thing that Jim said that he had done to the plane was that he made the throttle more linear. So he had been working on the throttle to get a more linear response out of the throttle. So I don't know much about this because I haven't, I've, you know, I've never had to mess with this, but I did read a little bit about it that with, you know, nitro gas, that in order to get your, your throttle similar to like an electric throttle, you know, that's what I'm used to, but to get it in that linear mode, more in a, you know, better response, that sometimes you have to mess with the curve of the throttle curve in order to get it to be similar to that. So the part that I did not know about, or I'm, I'm, I'm just speculating here, is that since he put it in that linear curve, that also that affected how the, the, um, the trim acted, was acting in, the same, in that same ratio. So as you were giving the clicks, it, it wasn't the actual same clickage. It was, that, right. it was on a linear curve the clickage so you put in a click 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 it's not giving you that click 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 it's giving you micro clicks to get the full click since it's linear right until you get to that part the only way i could think of it was like uh kind of like inverse expo right so the further you get from the corners you know that if you know that's how it's affecting the trim you know so you have to get way you know into the corners in order to get some activity from it that yeah, nice, so the better way the better way yeah, the better way to explain that is um, if you think about the throttle curve on a ramp versus steps. Mm-hmm. So so if you're coming down the ramp, it's a nice linear slope. So as you're clicking the the throttle lower, it's just stepping down like it would be on a ramp where on a normal uh, bell-shaped curve, it will step down like you're coming off a ladder. So it's like you know, instead of coming down at nice and smooth, it's coming down three, coming down five, coming down, or six, coming down 12, that kind of thing. So it just kind of knocks it, it down so you get it. But does he have a high-low idle on his radio? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't, That'd be worth checking out because on mine, on my gas airplanes, and I don't know about Shannon, but on mine, I have a switch that has a high idle and a low idle. So when I come into land, I flick it to low idle, and it takes it all the way down. No, he does not. Barely... He does it all. He does. He does it by trim, by 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 doing the trim. Mm-hmm. That's uh, how he does his high low. So right. he likes to run it a little higher, rich, you know, depending, you know. So he has it going yeah. a little fast, and he, as he explained it to me, it's so that when you're buzzing around, doing tricks, doing whatever, and then um, you come back to idle out, you know, you come out of some maneuver. Mm-hmm come back to idle therefore with the drag of the prop and everything else it won't bog your engine down to where you'll make the engine quit and therefore by having the high idle right. you know guarantees right. that you won't you won't go ahead you said they put a bigger tank in right yes, yes maybe that, threw the cg off a little yeah i was just about I was to say that, that too. okay okay yeah 
That's that was smart. See, that, we uh, got some brain brain powers working over there. He's like, he's thinking, wow. Yeah, he, so that was he's the doing second, the same thing the I was doing. Half of, yeah. So that was I've the been second half. A long time. Yeah. So <laughs> so that was the second half of uh, the speculation as to why it was climbing because that was the like I said the only change. And he said, yeah, yeah, it was only. He goes, yeah, but it's only two ounces. This plane can take two ounces. And I go, but he goes, the plane's always been tail heavy ish. And I go, well. I could see adding, you know, the, the thought of why you'd want to add a bigger tank, but where exactly is that tank coming? You know, where's it coming out in the body of the plane? If, you know, if it's not, if it can't, if you can't put two, four forward, then you, you didn't add to the, you, you just added to the problem, you know, cause now it's more right. tail heavy and that would explain right. why it was trying to climb like a Banshee, you know, right. uh, upon takeoff and everything. And luck, luckily it didn't really affect the plane too bad. Um, you know, it wasn't so far aft that it was disastrous. It was just right. enough. Well, Mike, Mike, I know for a fact that you like to fly a lot of your planes a little tail heavy, tail heavy ish. I do. Well, I, I shouldn't do. say that. I, I shouldn't say that exactly because that may throw off the audience. Okay, so folks, you got to realize that when you know manufacturers make a plane, they and they give you a CG. They don't give you the mm-hmm. optimum CG to give you the best resolution on the aircraft they give you something that for 90 percent of the people they won't have a problem with it and that is having a nose heavy plane and by having a nose heavy plane they're all gonna fly and you can trim that you know heaviness out but as opposed to putting it right on the cg so it's you know it's really sharp on the on the tricks and it's really sharp on your landings and they, they tend to stay away from that because then that's when they start getting complaints and getting planes returned because guys don't set their planes up right and your right. a10 is is a good um yep. representative of that right it was very nose heavy very very nose heavy but you know they produce yeah. it for then, the masses they you know yep. and, and so it's something that they can do where they they manufacture it and then you know they kind of send uh, you know hundreds of millions of these things maybe not hundreds of millions but several hundred thousands of them out and it just makes for a clean, you know. They take the average uh, of the the forward and the aft CG, and they split it right down the middle and say, "Okay, here you go." If it's if if it's if it's uncontrollable at 105 millimeters from the leading edge, and it's hard to fly, you know, hard to get it off the ground at 100 millimeters, they're going to say, "Okay, well, we want we think the CG should be at 100 between 100 and 102." They really won't give you that 105, which is the tail end of it. But, but that is where I like to fly my airplanes, right on the verge of that tail end. And you, uh, from what I understand after this flight, demonstrated that, why I like to fly it that way. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. So it, uh, the, the nice part about the plane that we learned uh, when I finally lined it up, when we finally conquered the throttle issue and I got it to slow down, was that um, – once I got it to slow down and then it started doing that, you know, messing with my head, it was putt putting around the field. Just, you know, I'm just, I was just like, is it going to stall? Is it not going to stall? Uh, <laughs> no, it seems to be doing well. And I just set it up for uh, my approach. And I just, it was like somebody put butter on the field, just smeared it yeah. with butter and I just greased it in there. <laughs> yes. It made that <laughs> sound. I had a little sizzle, like putting bacon in the pan type of type of landing. Yeah, and it little... was just, just came to land. And, and even Jim was like, 
whoa, you didn't splay the gear or nothing. That He goes, the gear barely even moved. That was awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's flying really nice now, you know, as opposed to that first landing. But yeah, it, it, um, a- after we kind of tackled those two issues, or really one, just the, it was the, well, throttle and the, and the climbing issue. Once we kind of got that under control, the plane just flew really, really, really nice. I mean, it was enjoyable to fly just because it was so scale. Like I said, I was a little worried, you know, Jim had told me about the short coupling of the aircraft. And that's what I was always in the back of my head was that, you know, I didn't want to get a situation getting a too slow short coupling. You know, those two things don't mix. And, you know, once again, this plane is rather important to him. You know, a, it took him a long time to put together. Like we said, he planted the seed, grew the tree, you know, playing the wood right. himself, you know, built the lumber right. mill, you know, the whole the whole nine yards. So, I mean, he has a lot invested in this aircraft. So that's always in the back of my head whenever I'm flying it, that, you know, this plane's very important to him. And right. yeah, um, but it, it, it all worked out. There was, you know, the plane, you know, nothing, nothing serious happened. It, it was way smoother. I mean, I know that was a long explanation for what had happened, but. It was way better than that first maiden. I mean, you know, it was two things that were easily controlled with two people, you know, helping out over the radio so I could just concentrate on flying. And he was, you know, move my trims and stuff for me. That that worked out rather well. So quick question for you. Did once you guys got done with this and you kind of got it back on the ground, did you mechanically readjust the tail section or did you just leave it where it was? We just left everything at where it was at that time. So we didn't touch anything. Um, I The first thing I did was I was just looking at mechanically just how much down you had to have. And once again, when you looked, when I looked at it, I'm just like, wow, it doesn't look like there's barely any down in that at all. So once again, I was like, well, okay, you know, was, was that a, a, you know, a mechanical, you know, do we make that mechanical thing or do I just leave what's in there? Mm-hmm. Or do we put in a less, a little less fuel and see what happens, you know, type of thing. I, that, that's what was worrying me. You know, that's what I was kind of thinking about. So, but unfortunately, um, shortly after we we landed, the wind picked back up, you know, by that time it was nine o'clock, nine 30, wind was gusting and we didn't fly the, we didn't fly the plane again, even though Jim's like, Hey, you want to fly again? And I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) When the wind starts doing the crazy stuff, out yeah. of the field, I'm not going to take yeah. your precious plane and, and, and go fly it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, enough of that. First thing in the morning with no wind. You know that that way we could take that variable out. So sure. But you did get to fly something else, though, right? Or Jim? Uh, yeah, we uh, we yeah uh, we did fly uh, Jim's dolphin. So this is <laughs> the dolphin. Okay, so the dolphin's been like like a kind of a work workhorse plane for Jim. Um, He's had the plane forever. Uh, I think uh, as long as he's had the soft with the camel, where the camel hasn't flown too much, Jim has just been flying the piss out of the dolphin. You know, it's just been a plane, a go-to plane for him. He had it for years. And this year, uh, about two, two or three months ago, we were out flying, and Jim was like, you know, I really do like this plane. And, and now that I have this gas engine on it, you know, it's, it, it flies forever. It's, it's you know, the, the motor's getting broken in. It's flying better and better and better. Um, and he goes, the best part about this thing, I've never crashed this plane. And, and I kind of oh. looked at him and I go, Oh, why, why'd you say that? <laughs> and, and right. I mean, the very next flight that we went up to fly, you know, Jim got disoriented and the, he just crashed the plane. 
and I'm like, oh, wow, you haven't, cra- you haven't crashed this plane in like 15 years. You've never crashed it all the whole time you've owned it. You mentioned that, and then, of course, you crash it. You know, the, the RC gods were not, uh, not favorable mm-hmm. with that. But, uh, you know, Jim, with his mastery of fixing the plane, had it back. You know, you, you couldn't even tell that it crashed. And then um, Mike, like I said, Mike came down a couple of weeks later or, you know, just or a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when he was going to fly, he, he, you know, the plane wasn't quite up to speed. He was very close to the edge of the, the field with the grass. You know, it was just a, you know, series of events. And he ended up cartwheeling the plane and he kind of, you know, broke up the wing and broke up the body a little bit. And, you know, we were kind of all down about it. Um, and once again, uh, Jim, you know, spent the week. His wife was a little pissed because she didn't see him for that week. You know, but he put the plane back together and it came back looking spectacular. And we flew it like the you know week before, and the plane flew absolutely fine. Um, and I had mentioned to him that last flight, I had mentioned to him that uh, maybe we should put um, a gyro. You know, if he had some spare gyros or something at the house, to we should throw a gyro in this plane. And I and I think it would work a little bit better. Because I was having a problem that once you got the throttle under half, it, you know, it definitely would start diving, not diving, but it would start dropping out of the sky. And that, and that had to do it once again with that whole linear old throttle, you know, getting the throttle set up correctly. Um, so I was having issues with that. And, and once again, with the, the way the crosswind works at that field, I was like, yeah, you know, probably cause, uh, to back up, he has uh, another plane called the Kingfisher, which is a, uh, a foamy. And it's very similar to the Fun Cub. Um, the plane's great. He we, he threw a gyro in that for another guy that that is just beginning learning how to fly. Um, that comes out with Jim, um, and so he had thrown this gyro out on the thing, and we had you know figured it all out, and we tested it on the buddy box, and it worked fabulously. It just works so much so well. It makes any anybody doing a landing looks like you're a super expert. I mean, it it just. <laughs> That, that gyro really helps out to smooth out your landings and makes them look beautiful. It helps with your approaches the whole nine yards. So after seeing that thing fly, I go, hey, if you have any more of those gyros, I think you should throw one in, you know, in the dolphin. So Jim's like, yeah, I think you're right. So when he comes out there uh, this time, when we, we after we flew the camel or wind pick back up, he goes, hey, let's fly the dolphin. I go, hey, that sounds great. He goes, well, I put it, I put a gyro in that thing. Let's, you know. Let's go ahead and test test it out. Make sure the gyro is working properly, and then we'll go fly it. I go, sounds good. So we go through the whole the whole scenario of setting it up. Well, it was already set up. Jim had already set it up, but we tested it. You know, I held it and had him turn up the gain, go to high rate, and we would, you know, put it in the dive, see if the tail, you know, comes up and left, right, and made sure everything was working right, and it was. Um, then we were getting ready to fly. Um, so uh, before, you know, I had the radio because I, I had started it up plane and stuff. Um, and I made sure that the rate, you know, this time that the, um, the radio allows you to turn the gyro on and off. So I made sure the gyro was off, reconfirmed it. And then uh, Jim was going to go ahead and, and take it off for the maiden. And once again, um, the plane, the last time we flew it, flew perfect and we had trimmed it out and everything. But, you know, now it, we have a brand new receiver in it um because he he had gotten uh, one of those lemon receivers uh with uh, the gyro built into it you know in this plane so now you know every you know everything's you know is off so whatever settings we had before 
you know, won't work for this aircraft. So it's, you know, like you said, a brand right. new maiden in a sense. So, um, unfortunately, uh, upon takeoff, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful takeoff. Um, Jim was doing, you know, uh, a classic takeoff and everything it was it left, it, you know, left was departing the field perfectly. He got it about, I don't know, 20, 25 feet off the ground. And I, now this is where we're not sure if we had interference on the receiver, you know, on the actual receiver, um, whether it was something with the plane, a linkage problem. We're not entirely sure what was going on with that. Um, but the plane kind of tilted to the right uh, a little bit. Um, it continued to tilt to the right. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, it, it just got into an attitude uh, was unrecoverable. I couldn't get to the, you know, to the aircraft in time because I was, you know, standing behind Jim a couple of feet. Right. Uh, he had just kind of moved a couple of feet in front of me, you know, so I was, everything was happening nice and smoothly. So I didn't think there would be any trouble with this particular plane. Um, so I was not within arm's reach to, you know, in order to grab it or do it, you know, take any control. And unfortunately Jim crashed it and it looked like somebody spiking a football when he, when he hit. So oh. when we got up there, there was no, there was no putting the pieces back together because now it was all balsa wood. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, right. well, it was made from balsa wood, but I mean, balsa sawdust. It's re- so, re-kitted. Right. Yeah, it's re-kitted. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, a kit form. <laughs> That's a good um, one. But it wasn't die cut. It wasn't die cut, that's for sure. So uh, it was more sawdust. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, that that plane was trashed. But I, 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 I turned to Jim and I go, well, the good news is, from when Mike uh, was down here, uh, AZ Mike was, uh, AK Mike was down here. I said, the good thing was I'd looked up the, the plane and saw you can buy a replacement. So we can get, we can buy, a, you can get a replacement airframe. I will tell you the weirdest part about it, gentlemen, I've spent another week just looking for balsa kits, not just that particular model. I'm talking about balsa kits for nitro airplanes. And you would think I was looking for unattainium. I mean, it, I have not been able to find one or find one at a decent price. I mean, the planes seem to be all, I mean, marked up like a third, two thirds higher than they, they were seemingly six months ago. That dolphin, wow. which was in stock, you know, less than a everywhere. month ago, now is is not, yeah, it was in stock everywhere. Now I cannot find that that aircraft anywhere. and. And any plane that's similar to it, like Tower Hobbies, you know, I didn't realize that they had went out of business or whatever, or now they're, yeah. you know, they're getting Fire burned horizon. out or whatever. But they, they, yeah, they, they, they had nothing. I mean, I was just looking all over, couldn't, couldn't find a kit. I went to all like Value Hobbies. I went to all, all these different hobby stores where I, I used to get stuff. Hobby King, nothing. I mean, it's like a little desert, mini desert out there for aircraft. So, yeah, that's that's the most disturbing thing that, you know, you want to get a kit plane, you know, you might as well be looking for, go back to building your own or planting the, plant the tree. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for gold. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Or, uh, or go to Pegasus Hobbies in uh, Upland, California. They have a lot. True. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did not look there. Piles. Pegasus, and then uh, I actually sent you an, e, uh, an eBay link there, Jay. So they, okay. the guy was advertising that he had some dolphin for sale, but I don't know if he sold it or not. You can check it. 
All right, I will definitely check well, yeah, well, that's kind of unfortunate that, uh, you know, accidents do happen, and we all have those stories where something you know, catastrophic But uh, unfortunately for Jim, we, uh, I will jump on the web in my little off time that I do have and uh, see if we can find it. Uh, unfortunately, our time is up. Yeah, unfortunately, our time is up, but uh, Shannon, he can look around as well. And uh, Shannon's going to Hawaii, so we're going to wish him best of luck. Uh, he's gonna have to come back and tell us about this. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> he's got something special planned over there that uh, I think they, yeah. uh, he can tell. Yeah, he can tell us uh, on the next go round when he gets back. But uh, other than that, um, I think uh, we might have some stories when uh, when I get down there if uh, Jake can work it out. Where I've got a little, I got about a day in Austin uh, after work, and so I think they're trying to hook up. Hopefully we'll have some shenanigans going on that time. We'll, uh, we'll let everybody know. But for now, uh, I'm uh, Arizona Mike here on the road in Texas. And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And Shanji in Mesa AZ. Well, I got to appreciate right. Shannon. He uh, he was running errands. Yeah, he was running errands and stopped off to join us on the podcast. So we really appreciate him doing that. <laughs> Well, let's see. Anytime, for the park guys, park. Just give me, give me, give me more than five minutes. To, to, yeah, to I know. Up. Well, I had told him. I just <laughs> said, "Hey, we're jumping so. on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a scheduling error on my part. I didn't realize the week got away from me. So, well, uh, from the Park Fire Podcast, I was we'll looking for it. a phone booth to like, uh, to change into. <laughs> I don't think you can get That's a phone funny. booth anymore. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah, find I don't one. I think they have those anymore. All right, my friend Pete's got well, up in Alaska. That's true. He does up there. So, all righty, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. dot